Hello, everybody. Welcome to yet another episode of the Web Machines podcast. Today, I'm with a very, very, very exciting guest. Uh, Sergio, what's up, man? I, I don't have any bullshit to say. What's up? <laughs> no, man, I'm good, dude. No, um, just out here living, getting back into the flow of things and excited to be on here chatting with you today. Yeah, this is so good. I mean, I've been waiting to like talk to you in general, but specifically now, yesterday was hilarious on Twitter, I gotta say. Yeah. Uh, I, I was seeing like people tweeting and then deleting tweets real quick. That was that was that was good. That was uh <laughs> Yeah, it was it was uh it was it was interesting, you know. Um we got a lot of feedback on announcing Elliot's return. Um mm-hmm. like the day after kind of launching one of our first products in Dola. And right. yeah, it was it was good, man. Like I'm very appreciative and grateful for all the, the positive energy that came my way. You know, there was obviously some negative blowback, but you know, given how Elliot ended, that's expected. And um, mm-hmm. moving forward and happy that, you know, there's a lot of people showing love. So I appreciate everyone, including you. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I mean, that's understandable. I mean, people, you know, and people are talking to me and saying, no, you know, that it was, it was, you know, the whole vaporwave thing, uh, what they call it, you know, you remember. Yep. Obviously, <laughs> you, you obviously remember. But I would say, like, dude, like, you need to support. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, it doesn't matter. People, you know, sometimes, you know, things don't fall in the right place. And I don't know, like, I don't know the circumstances, you know, and, and probably nobody better than you know the circumstances of how all that's, that whole thing went went down. And obviously, you know, I'm not going to get into it because I'm not into into digging into the, those kind of things. But the just just you seeing you just get up again and just go at it with the same ferocity and the same like swag it's like so inspiring to me like this is how you should be like this this is how entrepreneurship should be just be like just white right really like maximum charisma and maximum believing in the thing that you're doing regardless you know of anything that's happening in 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 the, in the outside and eventually you see how people if you come of it in in a positive way like you do you get positivity back it doesn't matter like you know sometimes things again don't fall in in the place they should be but if you're coming for like a from a positive place and i do believe that you're coming from a positive place and so uh i, I that's that's why that's why i'm not surprised there was a lot of uh, positive feedback yesterday for sure, man. No, I mean, it's coming from a good place, a positive place. You know, what I want and what I am building um, has a lot of meaning and purpose to me, you know, like, um, so I'm excited that a, a larger part of the market was receptive of that that comeback. And yeah, man, just like looking back at Elliot, just obviously it failed on our first go round. You know, I was mm-hmm. very immature in how I handled a lot of situations and um, and I learned from that, man. It was hard. So I'm definitely moving forward with the same charisma, um, bravado and energy. But, you know, what I learned from Elliot was that there were certain aspects of myself that needed to be humbled and I needed to slow down a bit. And right. unfortunately, I learned that a very hard way. But um, after the dust settled, after I licked my wounds, after I had a hard look at myself in the mirror, um, I was like, you know what, I'm, I want to do this. And let me take the things that I learned, apply them to this go round uh, and move forward in a more positive fashion. Yeah, that's re- that's really good. So let's start from from uh, from uh, like a macro level, because uh, people don't know. I mean, most people don't know 
but we don't get Stripe over here. Yeah. This is this is like we don't get Stripe over here. Uh, I don't know. We like half of the world doesn't get Stripe. So it's yeah. really cute that you're making the, your little landing pages and you can really cl- do like four clicks and get payments. We don't get that shit. I mean, I need to go through a local um, payment processor and he's, and he's giving me hell because the banks are local and they're giving the hell because it's all bu- bureaucracy. Yep. And it's a nightmare. And I can only do things with WordPress because they all decided together that this is the, the platform. They're, gonna, they're all going to develop their little plugins in order to make this somehow manageable. Yeah. And so this is what I'm stuck with. And and people don't realize that. So how, because I think that this is like a central thing in um, in Elliot and, you know, in Dola and in general. So how, because, I, I don't know how, how you even go, because obviously, you know, the Stripe people are, are, are aware of this and most, most of the valley is probably aware of this and they, they either don't care or they don't see enough value in the market. Yeah. So how, how do you even approach that type of problem? Gotcha. I mean, it's a very tough problem to, to tackle. You know, so much of the banking and financial service infrastructure globally is so fragmented and, and it touches on a lot of what you just mentioned. You know, you have local, I would say, bureaucracy driving, you know, who gets what tools and it's very centralized versus decentralized. So the first thing that we had to do um, when reapproaching this problem was we had to find a banking partner. Um, that had a banking kind of layer that sits on top of different um, country um, by country banks. So one of the things that we've done is partner with a platform called Galileo. Now Galileo uh, has built this kind of API layer on top of all the different banks around the world, and they have different kind of banking services by country. What this allows us to do is slowly roll in um, countries that fall outside of like the Stripe ecosystem, because you're correct, Stripe Stripe's coverage is typically North America and Western Europe. So Mm -hmm. step one was finding that banking partner that had the technology to sit on top of um, country banks um, and provide us access to local markets. Uh, The next step was to bring in all the different tools that we had learned with Elliot, which was the internationalization of e-commerce, right? So now we have, when I look at the the commerce world that we're building, we have Dola uh, facilitating all of the, the financial money moves on a global scale. Then we're going to have Elliot powering like the front end storefront aspect of that. And when you combine that, what you're able to do is now give markets, like, give people in markets like yourself the opportunity to you know have access to tools that you didn't have. So that way you can sell things, you can buy things, you can move money around the internet. You don't have to worry about local bureaucracy and, and mumbo jumbo. Um, you can just come online and run your business in a more effective, smoother way um, with less middlemen. Yeah, and and you know uh, that's you know what we're talking about it, and since you know we're we're uh, we live in in the like you said in the U.S., Canada, Western Europe type uh, market, like. Stripe is almost like um, it's like a given, like and and I'm and I'm sitting on that point because it, it's it's incredible how people take that for granted, like the entire that entire ecosystem, uh, the fact that you can validate startups, the fact that you can um, I don't know make little crochet dolls and be online like an online store in minutes. That's something that 
it's really almost almost again like almost impossible if you don't have uh, the, even the knowledge because it's not not enough that you need to go through those all all the all that bureaucracy but also you need to understand that and you need to see how that affects you and you need to there's like a like a paperwork and you need to understand that and you're feeding like you're feeding like an entire layer of uh, advisors and legal counsels and and all kinds of, of people that shouldn't have a job not not because they're they're bad people they shouldn't have a job in this like they shouldn't be collecting money helping you understand something that it's so simple as just connecting like a stripe plugin in your website and so yeah that's that's why i'm i'm so so on this and you yep. know uh i mean yeah Gate- yeah, go ahead, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, gatekeepers are all around us. And a big part of, you know, my story and my journey has been um, breaking through ceilings and breaking through barriers, like removing the middlemen mm-hmm. and gatekeepers that, you know, were imposed in my life. And and I understand that to a degree. And I know, and I understand that some people in, in you know, places in Africa and Latin America, they those issues aren't as easy to break through. So a big part of yeah. what I want to do is help them break through those barriers and be um, the platform that does that for them. Because what I see is that I see so much of culture and how we live, it comes from people in these places. Um, but right. the people that are driving it, they're not compensated correctly and they don't have access to the tools. So I want to create that type of financial inclusivity um, and level the playing field for where um, culture is created. Um, because right yeah. now it's just stolen from these areas, and and I believe that what we're building can accomplish that. Yeah, that's that's interesting, right? Because yeah, if you're if you're like making like a local thing, the fact that you can and you need to pass through like a couple of hundred loops till eventually your product goes into whatever market that you want it to go it's unrecognizable to you. Like your hands are no longer needed. It's, it's like, uh, it has like, almost like, like you're saying, like no, no identity at all. doesn't yeah. matter. Like, like, you know, I came, I, I was born in, in, in Chile, in South America. And so, yeah, I can, I can imagine like if somebody like, you know, like some, some indigenous person makes like a, an awesome, like llama wool sweater or something, and she wants to sell that online. By the time it gets to the actual consumer, like she's way out of the picture and she's been like for a while and she doesn't matter almost. So he doesn't matter anymore because, you know, they're, they're out of the picture. It just becomes like another piece of the inventory in some store. Man, I feel you. And that's what exactly what I want to do, man. I want to be able to take in this example, for example, like take that woman in Chile, like making her, her knickknacks or whatever she's selling. I want that person to be able to connect with the consumer directly. Like I want consumers to be able to shop from the people that actually make culture empower and inspire us. Like I want them to buy it direct. I don't want other middlemen. I don't want marketplaces that take these creators products and then repurpose them. Nah, man, like I want to empower people that make dope shit to be able to sell it, get it out there with as little hands in their pockets or in the pot as possible, man. Cause like, I want to be able to empower these people and that's a that means a lot to me and that's a very hard thing to do because how many layers we got to break through but i'm gonna do it yeah yeah i mean so that's that's the thing you know because uh for instance there was a like a brand of coffee like that's really like a weird example and they were really proud that uh the 
people who are growing the coffee are on the packages, you know, and we're in direct contact with them. And and this was like such a big deal to them that it was like the, the entire branding of this coffee firm is around that. And I was looking at it and, and I was thinking, yeah, I was thinking about, you know, like Elliot at the time. And I was like, this is ridiculous. Like I shouldn't be buying from this company. I should buy it from the people that are just putting on the, on the, on the packaging. Like, why am I talking even like, why, why can I talk to, I don't know, to, to Manuel or whatever. He was like the dude who was making the coffee. Like I want to talk to him because he probably knows way better than you. And I can better get way better coffee from him. Uh, and I want the, my money to go to the person that's making my awesome coffee or making whatever it is that I'm consuming. 100%, man. Like, and that's the unfortunate thing. Like so many of these people in these markets, like in South America and in Africa, like the people creating the products end up just being like marketing gimmicks for all these really like white labeled mm-hmm. solutions that then get sold yeah. here in America. Yeah. Like, nah, man, I'm, I'm really not about that. And, um, I want to be able to help those people become known, be brands of their own, um, and allow consumers to actually buy direct from the source like this, man. Like that's really that's really at the top um, of my goal list of what I want to accomplish and be able to do um, for people in these markets. Yeah, that's that's. I mean, that's that's the first thing that I thought when I was I was looking at Elliot and I was checking it out at the beginning it was like that thing that clicked that. I should be able to consume things that I want to consume from the people that just make them. I mean, it's basic, you know, and sometimes people will go like, no, you need to understand there's a system, there's capital. No, I'm a proud capitalist. I want to make money. I want to pay for things. I want. I, I don't want any government over me telling me what to do, what to eat, how to, you know, raise my family. And part of that is I want to buy from the people that I want to buy. I don't want to buy from big corp cheese or big corp coffee or whatever big corp sweaters yeah. i don't, I don't want to buy from 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 the person who's making it because that's more valuable to me and you shouldn't be there shouldn't be a person deciding who sh, who am who am i allowed to buy from and not which is ridiculous but, yeah, for sure man so. i mean we all want that financial freedom and i believe tools like elliot and dolan what we're creating um are going to be able to empower people you know, from these parts of the world to get that financial freedom and have a level playing field so that they can promote, you know, the products that they create um, and be able to like have the financial freedom that they seek, man. Like people in these markets struggle and it's really hard um, to Mm -hmm. break through just on an everyday life basis. So yeah, we can be a platform that changes lives in that degree. Um, that's like that would that means the world to me and that that's why I'm doing this. Yeah, because once you're selling on the let's say on the on the in or the how should I call it on the internet level, it doesn't matter that uh, I pay ten bucks uh, for rent a month, right? It doesn't matter that the local coin that I'm using is I don't know like like a tenth of of a US dollar. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, as soon as I can get online, I'm automatically on the same playing field. Yep. And therefore, I'm able to charge whatever people think it's right to charge. And, and I don't have to charge, like, a very small amount in order to satisfy the huge demand from the big corporation that's allowing me to even get the product out in the first place. Facts. And that's that's really crazy. Like, I... I 
that that's there's a lot of like small little things that people don't consider when it comes to that but when you live in it like i'm i'm obviously no, i'm not i don't i don't live in africa or whatever i live in israel uh we're kind of a second dish type world i don't know <laughs> you know but still you know we have we we don't have stripe uh, everything here is a little bit of struggle when it comes to in the, to the international crowd that's why uh probably uh we do like startup things and digital things because you know it doesn't take we don't need trucks for that yeah. and so and so uh this is the way but but it's a struggle i mean it, it's always struggle to move merchandise and especially like physical things for sure it's always it's always struggle and so uh how 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 COVID has, has been affecting uh, that the entire logistics things because I've been in the industry of uh, selling groceries and that kind of thing, like supermarkets and that kind of thing in startups in the Valley. And that, th- those were very, very much uh, affected by COVID, the entire logistics part. So how, how are you guys dealing with that? Gotcha. So, I mean, Elliot, is still going to provide all of like the post uh, purchase fulfillment. So meaning, you know, when an order happens as a merchant, we're going to give you everything that you need to ship and to fulfill. Um, mm-hmm. So, I mean, if anything, COVID's accelerated a lot of the infrastructure that was already becoming more robust for e-com um, because of the volume that it created, right? Like with more yeah. people at home, people were just buying more online and that just mm-hmm. translated to more things getting shipped. So, all the carriers had to, I think, become more efficient, um, build out parts of their business um, that were maybe underserved pre-COVID. Um, so right. post-COVID uh, or, you know, right now where it's at is like, um, I mean, e-commerce is just the standard and shipping is like only going to get better. So for us, having that just natively in Elliot, allowing someone to sell something, get everything that they need to fulfill, um, that's just a table stake item for us. Um and because of COVID, you know, the services that drive that have improved. So, um, yeah, that's where that, that's at. Cool. Yeah. So, um, I mean, yeah, I was, you know, uh, last episode I was talking with uh, with Jesus, which is a guy who has uh, a no-code agency in Miami. And, and people, you know, people always say, oh, you know, uh, 2020 was fucked up. 2021 is going to be even worse. Like, no, I mean, you need to, like, when you move into, like, internet land, like, things are getting really good, and the, there are more and more opportunities, yeah. and, and, and you know, you need to just seize that. You need, you need to stop, like, dealing with the whole negativity around you, and you need to you just, just, you know, pick a little bit outside of the, of the, of the water hole that you're at. And just see, because there's a lot of opportunities, and especially platforms like yours, I'm sure that eventually, you know, when, you know, when things really get into motion, this is going to open so many opportunities for so many people. Um, 100%, man. Um, And COVID, not to like downplay it to any degree, it was tough on a lot of people. You know, a lot of people not only lost uh, loved ones, you know, they themselves were affected, jobs Mm -hmm. were impacted. Um, So like in no way, shape or form does the ability to come online discredit that. Uh, But yeah, to your point, like it gave us an opportunity to see what was possible online. And for those people affected after they get over those those setbacks and that pain mm-hmm. of COVID imposed, like 
they do have a lot of opportunities. So like if you're like changing jobs, changing professions, maybe thinking about becoming an entrepreneur now, like right. it highlighted all the tools that are online and available for us, like whether it's no code, whether it's payments, like in many parts of the world, you can come up and like test an idea and get going. So um, with our platform, we just want to do that for markets that are underserved. Um, and yeah, man, help people tap into that opportunity and move forward after this pandemic is over. Yeah. And so, you know, uh, you being someone who is moving something that goes uh, a little bit outside of the usual U.S., Canada, Western Europe markets, how, how was your, your experience, you know, talking to investors and movie ideas? Because, it, you know, along with all the opportunities that a platform like this can provide, uh, you know, probably a lot of people see you and see some other people who's doing things along these lines and say, yeah, I want to start a thing, but I don't want to move to San Francisco. I, I don't live there. Like, I'm, I'm here at, at, I don't know, I'm, I'm here at Nathaniel, right? Like, I live here. Like I'm, I'm at Lagos. I mean, whatever. And yeah. how, how do I even go and approach those investors and those people that can enable me to start moving along my idea? Honestly, it's tough, and not too many people understand international e-commerce, right? I mean, when mm -hmm. we think about e-commerce here, and when speaking to investors, it's very North American focused. Maybe, right. like maybe talking about Australia and the UK, but it's an evergreen yeah. idea. Uh, I can't say that there's many people within the investment space that really get global e-commerce or supply chain. And even when you look at e-commerce and retail uh, as specific industries, there's not that many uh, industry experts in cross-border and international. So those conversations are difficult because you're now talking about software and opportunities and addressable markets that no one really has insight to. Uh, so it creates a, a level of, I think, doubt uh, and, and to some degree, like fear, because it's like, hey, like we don't really know what this opportunity is. Um, I mean, the conversations are, are tough because you have to like educate people a lot of like, hey, this is how it works um, outside of our little bubble. Right. So um, the conversations can be long. Um, they're mainly focused on educating. And, and yeah, man, there's not that many people that really understand uh, international e-commerce like that. Right. So. Uh, if 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 we generalize that into some some other areas, that would be you will need to become like really really prepared. You you should be like doing a lot of homework regarding yeah. the markets that you're trying to hit in order to reduce the risk. Like like you know like feeling wise of investors or potential investors um, exactly. when you're approaching them. Yeah, you just have to map, like, you have to take the world you live in and be able to map it to things that they get, right? So if we're talking about, like, hey, I'm an e-commerce platform, maybe coming out of Nigeria, and I'm, a, right. I'm an investor in, like, San Francisco, uh, it's really hard for me to, like, make the correlation between how e-commerce may work in North America with a more robust infrastructure from payments and fulfillment to how it works in a place like Nigeria. So if right. you're an entrepreneur, you have to be able to kind of um, paint a story and tell a narrative that's like, hey, like in the U.S. you have Shopify. Over here we have Jumia, right? Like, um, yeah, you, know, you have FedEx and DHL. We have local couriers in this in this part of the market. So, mm -hmm. being able to map those correlations, being able to tell that story and make it easier for the investor to understand, like, oh, okay, cool. Like, I understand how e-commerce works here. Fundamentally, um, 
if anything, this like the partner ecosystem is different here, but the underlying purpose and and what's going on is still the same. Right. Yeah, that's very interesting because you know I I get to thinking about it and how how do you how do you build a a software e-commerce solution in a place where people have like I don't know like three inch screen phones like yeah. I mean, yeah. How how do you utilize things like SMS and that kind of thing? Because I don't know. That's probably a lot of. Have you have you have you begun to tackle that kind of thing? Or yeah, I mean, we have begun tackling it. So you know where we're at with everything on, on like Elliot and Dola. So we have Dola that's out and ready. That's like the the payment, the one click checkout. Um, right. We have the front end layer. Um, we kind of tease that with what's called BEP. Uh, you can go mm-hmm. to BEP.live to check that out. And then, yes, now we're thinking about, hey, how do we enable merchants all over the world to just sell something, right? And it doesn't have to be complex because to your point, in many countries, like the consumer technology portion of this, it's not mm-hmm. as robust or mature uh, or as advanced as we have in like the Western world. And you may have, like to your point, a three-inch phone. So just making it really simple to buy and sell things and not bringing in, I think, all the bells and whistles that we're accustomed to here in the U.S. Like yeah. in many cases, people might not have like a, like a an iPhone 11 or 10. Like some people might not even have a fucking iPhone. So yeah. making yeah. it simple just to like say, hey, like I have product, I have a product, you, you want to buy it. Making it simple is just like a purchase link. Um, that alone and being able to get paid out um, is already light years better than what's available in some markets. So being able to do those basics is where we're at and what we're focusing on right now. And then we'll build more mature product after that. Yeah, that's really interesting because like I can easily see, you know, somebody from those parts who have, who, who the end consumer uh, like doesn't have smartphones, like it's a given. So yeah. how do you do e-commerce then? So I think that's a great opportunity for people to go and create those platforms that they can come and connect to your platform and, you know, and do like a cascading thing. And because another thing that we were talking about, we were talking about uh, local people creating their own solutions. Like people don't see those pain points, right? Like a developer in whatever place doesn't see, like it can even comprehend the fact that somebody is, it can't use JavaScript on, it, on his browser. Like you just can, and like it will blow people's mind. Like, what can I, I can use JavaScript? They're like their thing is completely dead, like without it. And so, how do you go around that? I think is just like taking local people and trying to convert their experience into like tangible solutions. But so that's uh, that, that's interesting. Like the fact that you can uh, take that and and just break more and more little sub products they are on one hand very local and very specialized to the environment that they were created mm-hmm. but at the same time have the ability to connect to a larger international um, network yep of, of supply chain that's what we're doing yeah that's cool and so um, lastly I will ask you how do you feel uh, about um, the how should I tackle this point? So I have a beef with like no code in general, 
uh, since I'm a Hebrew speaker and I live in a country who speaks Hebrew and we have a lot of software needs here, yeah. but very little, if at all, no-code platforms are useful to us. Like I can just count them on one hand. Yeah. And how how do you how how could I? Because I I feel that right now is a really good environment into Go. And I don't know. Sometime I tweeted like, just let me go and make a clone. Like like F it. I'm just gonna make a clone of uh, of Zapier. I'm gonna make a clone of Bubble. You know, like you no know, half jokingly, obviously, because those yeah. are huge <laughs> <laughs> projects. But I mean, I mean, like if if these these industry leaders like in this niche of no code are not providing uh, solutions, so what 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 do you think? How how do you even tackle that? Um, like, can we unpack that a little bit? Like, are you asking like how do you attack no code or how no code? Oh yeah, sure. How do I attack yeah. the fact that no code is almost is almost exclusively English based? Gotcha. Um, I mean, I would just start making a no code tool for my specific market. I mean, very similar to what we were just discussing with e-commerce. Sometimes you know these developers and, and entrepreneurs they don't necessarily know. Um, the needs of a specific market. So if if no code is underserved in Israel or or in another part of the world, like make a no code platform that that services that. That's opportunity for you um, to service that market and give people there to test their ideas. So I mean, I see it as opportunity. Um, mm-hmm. and I see no code as a category um, as an empowerment category, right? Like um for sure. No code gets a lot of backlash because it's like, oh, you're not really coding or this isn't a technical product and there's limitations. I mean, there's limitations to everything. Um, But I love no code because it allows you to validate ideas quickly. And Mm -hmm. when you're going through your creative process, like all you need is feedback and no code platforms allow you to get the feedback that you need to move forward. Yes. Now, I'm a big believer in the category. And I believe that if a specific market is underserved um, for no code, I see that as an opportunity for someone in that market to create a tool um, that enables people there to test their ideas too. Yeah, I mean that's. Uh, so if you're yeah, working, on, if you're working on a no code platform from Israel, man, keep building that out and do it because <laughs> I mean you know the market the best. There's entrepreneurs yeah. there. There's there's business owners. There's people that are buying and selling things. Like build it, man, and um, get it out to market. And I'm sure that the people in that market will use it because in the end of the day, um, we all want. Um, a better life. We all want more income. And if you can create the platform that allows them to test their ideas and potentially um, get there, do it, man. Yeah. I mean, uh, I mean, that, that's a, that's an idea. That's an idea. Right. I mean, <laughs> I've been using them so far, you know, we, 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 I bend and twist stuff to make them work. Yeah. Um, and so, but yeah, eventually at the end of the day, probably I'm just going to have to, you know, do the deed and just, just clone one of you guys. Sorry, <laughs> it is yeah, what it is. So many. There's so many cool like. Um, there's so many cool like website building libraries. You know, like when you think about like content blocks and everything. Like mm-hmm. you can definitely like fork one on GitHub that's open source, and if you can clone it and put like a nice brand on it and make it specific to your market from like a language perspective, like yeah, do it, man. Like <laughs> if anything, you're just gonna be a market leader. And then once the, the incumbents in the space recognize that, they'll come holler at you, try to acquire you. And you know, at that point you can make that decision, but 
the opportunity is there. And I think you see it for the market that you live in. Um, so yeah. I would, if I were you, I would do it. Yeah. I mean, it seems like a plan. I've, I've been talking to some people and people are like, yeah, I mean, like, and why they're always like asking like, so why you, why don't you do it? I'm yeah. like, I don't know. It's scary, man. Just, just do it, man. Like you already got the plan. I mean, in the last like three minutes alone, you're like, <laughs> we have no, we have only English, like English platforms here. We don't really have one for Hebrew in this market. And you already pretty much said it. You want to clone it. So I would highly recommend you do it. And I'm sure that the people around you and in that market, they'll use it. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> that, that's scary. What what can I say? No, I have that my little agency, you know, and it's cool. You know, people, I talk to people and I do, I do my business. But uh, going at it, I, I, I think I need some more, uh, some more courage. So, if you know what I mean. Absolutely. So. It, it's just, I'm, it's a scary thing to build build something like that. Uh, but yeah. know that when you do build it, I well, I do not know Hebrew. I will be a supporter yeah. and supporter of you and the platform. So, well, I appreciate that. So, um, so uh, let's let's close with uh, with with some words. Uh, f finally, you know about uh, what are the, let's say, you know, like mid future uh, plans for. Uh, for Elliot and whatnot, so because uh, I saw that you were you were saying that um, the launch is going to be more like a more like a marketing thing, and it's going to be around December. So what? How do you how do you mean like marketing thing? Gotcha. So Christmas and saying like a Christmas date for launch, it's really just like a north star that we're working to as a brand. You know, there's a lot right. of things that we're doing with Elliot, not just from a technology perspective that needs to be rethought and reshaped and massaged mm -hmm. a bit because of what happened. So that gives us time to work through the, those kinks. Right. Um, if I look at more of what we've been doing with Dola, um, moving forward, what I'm going to start working on is telling a story of like, hey, we're creating this world of commerce. And in this world of commerce, you have products like Dola, you have products like Elliot, you have products like BP. Um, and we have 17 others that we'll be launching. Um, so if anything, mm. December date allows us to continue down the path that, that we've already been doing, which is releasing and shipping, I think, smaller, less monolithic products um, mm -hmm. that all help us build towards releasing Elliot. Because being a full into an e-commerce platform and saying to users that you can come on, you can sell, you can ship, and you can get paid out. Those sound very easy to do, but there's a lot of complex things in the background that need to oh, happen. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, logistic can be hell. Yeah. So having this kind of release schedule of dropping and launching smaller micro products that are all fundamentally the building blocks for Elliot mm -hmm. allows us to test all of these micro services in a much more, like, um, I would say, like a, in an easier way. So... Mm -hmm. that's why we pushed out saying like, Hey, we're going to come out with this big old launch, not until December, because we're just giving ourselves time to build all the tools necessary to get there. Um, and also to just rebuild the community. So, you know, when I look at Elliot, um, we have really three segments of people that we sell to, you know, merchants, developers, and, and consumers. So it's like, because of what happened, we have to rebuild trust with each of these segments and mm -hmm. micro products that speak to each segment enable us to kind of build more niche subset like sub communities um that can help us rebuild the overall community itself so um yeah that's what we're doing 
That's cool. That's cool. Yeah, because you know I haven't give up on on the dream. Like I, there's like a couple of sites here, and thank God that my my website my my podcast is small enough for these people not to listen to it. But I'm gonna kill them. Like like straight up I, there's platforms like people hate them and they're still using them they, they they cost a bunch of money but they're just like stuck with them and i'm like absolutely want gonna kill them once we get uh we get a good thing going so yeah, i'm man. a believer i feel you like i'm i'm definitely hungry like like i want to empower people but i'm also you know a capitalist i want to make money so That's true like we're yeah. going to build a platform that empowers people in markets that are underserved and give them the tools that they need to gain the financial freedom that they that they're they're working towards getting and change their those lives. Um, but by by no means, don't think that I un- I don't understand who I'm coming for with Elliot with Dola. I know the startup players. I know the incumbents. Um, and similar to your perspective on your competition, I'm coming to kill them. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. So um, thank you very much for coming on. Very much appreciate you uh, you coming, especially in probably you're like super mega busy. And so um, thanks a lot. Uh, right. People can go to uh, what are the sites, especially the BEP. I, I find that super interesting since I've got into coding lately. Yeah. I, I'm going to go check that a little bit more. Yo, BEP is tight, man. Like, so it's uh, for anyone listening, you can just go to BEP.life and BEP stands, it's an acronym and it stands for back endless e-commerce platform. And what that means is that you can install like e-commerce on a static website, just like you would do like a chat or something like just with one little snippet. And then what you can do is basically define all your product attributes just in HTML. And you can turn any like thing on your website, whether it's a button, a picture, um, just some plain text, you can turn it into a product that's clickable um, and that you can check out in with one click. And you don't need any backend. You don't need a server. You don't need nothing. All you just need is a Dola account and you can use that and get going. So, And if, yeah. you're, and if you're just like going through it today <laughs> or whatever, any day. You can just go to the site and knock some shit around. Like you can, um, everything kind of flows in. in <laughs> yeah, I saw that. And uh, so if you're like a Pokemon fan or a Tamagotchi fan, you can go knock those things around and have some fun. Yeah, yeah. I'm definitely going to check that because now I'm I'm getting very deep into stuff like uh, like uh, like static website builders, like yeah. visual static website builders. Yep. And the opportunity to do have... To, to have like more uh, interactivity and stuff like, you know, like like uh, like that for e-commerce, you just using like data, data attributes and that kind of thing can be very, very uh, elegant solution. Totally, to man. Fixing those e-commerce problems. Yeah, dude, because it removes the cookie cutterness of like e-commerce platforms, you know, because yeah. now yeah. you can just focus on storytelling and, and you're less worried about all the back-end e-commerce complexity that comes with having like a store typically, right? So, and yeah, to your point, like static front-end builders, man, like things like Netlify and Vercel, they've really changed the game in, in terms of how fast you can get things up, man. So I feel like as entrepreneurs like yourself become a little bit more technical, like you guys are going to use these tools and really start to like run and move faster. So yeah, next we're awesome. yeah, we're just at a point with technology where like, it's it's so mature and, and it's becoming so simple that if you got ideas, man, you can just really validate them quickly and get them out. So I'm extremely excited that what we're creating with Elliot and, and like Dola and BEP 
uh, could potentially be a part of that uh, and sit with those those existing tools that empower all this entrepreneurship and, and coming online with your business. So I'm really excited for what we're doing. Yeah. All right. So um, thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, this was really great. We should do another one once, once in the future where to get uh, some more uh, some more blocks going uh, for Elio. That would be exciting. Uh, thank you so much for coming on again. And um, yeah, I mean, you're you're still on, on Twitter, right? Um, yeah, I'm still on Twitter. You can follow me at Sergi Boy. I did switch the handle up from Sergio. Um, yeah. Just turning a corner with my life, man. Like, you know, we're wrapping stuff up, but you know, if I look back a year ago to today, I'm like, damn, in a very different place. But you can follow me with some fresh perspectives at Sergi Boy. I promise no Twitter beefs or crazy shit like that. <laughs> nah, man. Like, dude, oh, so nice from that. And looking back, I just like, wow, man. What a fucking asshole. So <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm really happy that I was able to, you know, look myself in the mirror and change and want to be better and have the opportunity to come back and, and to have people like you that believe in me and what I'm doing. So I'm very grateful for that and appreciative of, of that. Um, and thank you for having me, man. Um, it was a great, it was a great time chatting with you and let's do it again for sure. Yeah, I mean, and it's all about that, you know, sometimes, you know, when you mess up and God knows I've messed up before in my life. And uh, like I said, you know, people don't don't consider me like a nice guy. And there's a reason for that, because I'm not a nice guy. But I, I've i learned through time to be like, you know, like a better human being, uh, you know, one step at a time. And if you're doing that, that's all that matters, right? That's it, man. Yeah, I work every day to get better. Just one, one step at a time. Yeah, yeah, that's the way to do it. All right. All right. Thank you again. Thanks a lot, everybody, for listening. And I'll see you in the next one. Sounds good, man. Be easy.